Street Fighter V's input lag situation is even worse than we thought. Plus, we respond to some unrest on Twitter about covering smaller scenes, and then Catalyst and I try to figure out our own Street Fighter V tier lists from the very top, <clears throat> Cammy, to the very bottom. This is the Event Hubs Podcast. Perfect. All right. Welcome back to the Event Hubs Podcast. Plenty to get through this week, but I think the first thing that we're going to do is uh, address a little bit of an elephant in the room. If you've been on social media and such and seen some of the uh, recent discussions about, well, covering local and smaller events and things like that versus the attention that we'll tend to give to, you know, obviously, big major events and major players, uh, you know, the pros, the, the Tokitos and the Daigos of the world and the Capcom Pro Tours and things like that um, versus like I said, covering over uh, the smaller events. You know, most most cities, most big cities have fighting game communities and such and, and will even do streams and things like that. And so there's been some discussion from a, from a couple of individuals online on social media talking about how um, there's not enough attention given to these smaller emerging local scenes. And of course, uh, our name as Event Hubs uh, came up and this isn't something that you know I, I personally delve too far into. I mean, I've only I've been around for gosh, going on four years now with the website, so I've seen my share of stuff. But I think El Presidente <laughs> has has had his sights um, on this kind of thing for for quite some time now, over ten years, understanding how things work and such. So I was going to let you, John, do most of the dialogue here, talk about this idea of um, covering local scenes, smaller emerging communities and such, and, and how we go about that, what the, the nature of the beast is and everything. So I'll turn that over to you. Right. And thank you for doing that. And I just I want to make things really clear up front to, to everyone out there listening. We hate small events, and that's why we don't cover them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, again, it's we all grew up in, in small local scenes, and that's how we got our start here in the fighting game community. And it's what we do, you know, and, and I, I love the, the little scenes that are out there, uh, and I think it's cool, like, what they do, but for the mass audience that we serve on Event Hubs, a lot of people don't care about it, unfortunately. Uh, they, they just don't want to see it. And I wish I could, you know, convince people otherwise, like, hey, look at this stuff. And we used to actually do a weekly roundup of all the uh, local events that were happening. Well, when you when you say, we, you know, that people don't care, I, I think that um, that might be a bit much. But I, I think it's more along the lines of people uh, don't care with what they will actually click and check out. You know? Yeah, and, that's a good so, point. Yeah. And, and like, you know, there's a there's a. There's a balance between, you know, for us, like, we, of course, we want to do as much as we can for the community, but this is also very much a business, you know, and, mm -hmm. and so the things that people highlight by actually checking them out, clicking on them, um, giving them their attention and such are the things that we're going to gravitate to doing more of. Right. And, and uh, I'll just I'll, I'll share a quick story here. There was a game that launched many years ago and we dedicated a mass amount of efforts to covering it and because the community said, hey, cover it like it's a great game. You know, we're totally going to support your efforts and whatnot. And there was a very large bill <laughs> for doing all the work that we did. And I think uh, some of our staff came down with carpal tunnel for doing it. Um, and then it actually ended up leading to a layoff. Uh, with our company by the time all was said and done because we dumped so many resources into to covering this game and people just did not cover it or they did not read it, you know, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And ever so, since then, like, good, yeah. Well, so, so and by that, I, I like, because 
that means you know setting up tier lists for it, setting up all of the um, the coverage that we do, you know, for any any major title. So there's what tier lists and matchups and and moves and all those kinds of things. Then plus all the stories that you might see on the front page covering you know whatever is going on with the game in particular, right? But there's a whole lot to it. Yeah, move, move listings, a bunch of news stories, like a lot of things. It wasn't just like we, you know, we did a few sections on the website. Like we're, we went full bore, like many, many, many news stories and all that. And I'm not going to say the name of the game because it's a very successful franchise that has a lot of fans. And I personally love the game. I think it's a great game. And it's not really relevant. It's more relevant that it's, it, it led to some really dark times on the website. And what people don't understand is that giving people more of what they want and um, more of what they want, and and then following back up, and then it gives you more opportunity to cover the lesser-known games. And there's actually something that's happened very commonly on the website right now, is we're doing a lot more Smash, Dragon Ball Fighters, and non-Capcom game coverage than we ever have before. And we're actually getting complaints about how much coverage we're doing with those games now, and it's because we're able to be successful with other more mainstream AAA games that we're able to expand our horizons a little bit and do more. And so, so yeah, that's kind of how this stuff works. It's basically... If you go too hardcore about something that people don't care as much about, you're setting yourself up for failure a lot of times. And we did a weekly roundup of community events. You're familiar with this. Uh, you were doing it for quite a ways with us. Uh, and we did it for many years. And it just it basically was a complete listing of events happening in the community, just like stuff you could find and whatnot. Um, it was about three hours, four hours each week to compile it. And then very few people actually read it. And so years of doing that, like it just, it's like, look, we can't keep doing this. We can't keep going with it. Uh, it's, it, we've learned our lesson and that lesson actually ends up meaning less coverage and less stuff to go around for people in the future. Yeah. And so like w one of the bottom lines is there's a lot of times that people will say they want something, but they won't, you know, follow through with their actions. Or maybe maybe some do, but there just isn't enough to drive it as a business. And and that's not to say that we won't, you know, post up stories uh, when when people reach out to us and say, hey, you know, like I have this event going on. Can you uh, can you do me a solid and do a story about it? Like not every time, but sometimes we have. And then it's like very few people actually check it out, but we'll still do it because we do have enough resources. Like, you know what, we'll take the hit. We'll do this for the good of, you know, whoever the individual and the community is that we're, we're helping out specifically. And, um, and and yeah, but like it's not something that we can routinely do and then, you know, keep the lights on. Um, the other thing is uh, this was a little bit before my time and, and it never really blew up to be um, something that, you know, ever grabbed my attention or my um you know my resources as a as an employee of event hubs but there is a like a player tracker on the website right where you can go in and put your information in and see like basically kind of create this network of like players so that you know when there's other players you know in your area and you guys can potentially meet up and such and there's also uh, and we still do this um like an event you can you can submit your event and while it might not pop up on the um like the big ranking event like capcom pro tour what, what are the two um specific categories that we have user submitted events and then yeah, featured featured and events. featured events right so like if you if you send us in your into our inbox you know like hey we have this event going on it's this and this here are all the details and whatnot um that'll go into our website and there's a there's a specific place that people can go and click on it and see read all about your event where it is how to get there you know what games are being included um and it, it even has a counter right down to the uh the minutes of, of when it's supposed to start so you know it, it's not to say that the the local communities and the, the little guys if you will aren't 
um, being acknowledged here. But at the end of the day, it's like it's not something that I think is realistic, at least for for what you know our resources are and such to to be going out there and, and basically doing things that we're not getting much return at all on. Right, and, and that's why we built those sections. Actually, is we do get a good return on investment on those sections. We and it. Uh, more people check that out than they were checking out the uh, the previous event listings that we do. It's sometimes the way you present information and put it out there. If you make a giant list, a lot of people don't care. So what we did is we're like, okay, well, let's make this very visual and very easy to navigate so people can find the information that they're looking for. And, and we present that. And it's also our event listings are on every single page on our website. Like there's a little widget on there if you browse on desktop. And you'll see a little widget that, that shows like the most uh, um, featured upcoming three events and whatnot. It's out there. And, and, you know, it's just a matter of people, you know, going and looking at it. And a number of people already do. You know, it's just I think there's a, sometimes like, oh, it's not a news story. I'm not going to go check this out. And, and yeah, I think that's kind of what a lot of people run into. So uh, I do want to shift gears just slightly and just kind of talk about like coverage in general on the website. It's there is a and this is not a number I'm making up like in terms of like this is actually the actual ratio we deal with here. It's about one in 10,000 people asked to be covered less and not more on the website. Like it's not a uh, it's very rare when we get someone who says like, hey, like, don't post my stuff. Don't talk about me. Don't do anything. It's like it's very much the opposite. And like everyone is asking for more coverage. Like, hey, why don't you do more with this? Why don't you do more with that? Uh, it's pretty much never ending. And my goodness. And it's it, I kind of relate this to like ESPN and the NFL and the NBA, uh, LeBron James, you know, uh, any of the big players you want to name out there, they cover the big stuff first and foremost, because that's what keeps them in business. And they still have a, you know, a website for soccer, for tennis, you know, golf, whatever. Like they have that stuff dedicated for those communities and whatnot. And we have the same thing. We have, you know, sections set up for each and every game pretty much that's major that comes out and and we try to set those up and sometimes we're doing that at a loss we're just doing it to like service those communities like and give them something to work off of and that's pretty much the same way it works on event hubs it's like we cover the big stuff and like when we get opportunities to cover the smaller things when we have enough resources to do it we do it and and again if we if we focus on the smaller things we're going to actually have less resources in the long run to work with that stuff so yeah yeah, absolutely. And like you bring up the NBA. If you if you go on like ESPN right now, how many times are you going to hear LeBron James, you know, from from, you know, what team is he going to versus, you know, like what did he have for lunch? They'll cover all of that stuff. How many times do you hear about like the second string guy on your or like on the bench of of whatever team, you know, Lakers or Cavaliers or whatever? Or like how often do you hear about the high school teams, you know, that are playing? Maybe if they make a half court shot to like the, one of those ridiculous shots, you know, at the, at the buzzer or something like that, then you'll see a high school team pop up on um, ESPN. But for the most part, it's like they're only taking the the top stuff for the most part, you know, and and they're only looking at the star players, what's hot right now, what's going on, um, and then uh, you know, end of the year big events when things are whittled down. But like, I mean, it, look at th- this is how stuff like this goes, you know, for the most part, and it's not something that we want to. Like uh, you have to have those up and comers. You have to have the local scenes. They're an integral part of this entire community and what drives it and what ends up spitting out tomorrow's great players and such. But I mean, it's it's just kind of an unfortunate reality that it's like not everybody can be under the spotlight at all times, and and that's kind of the way it plays out. 
Yeah, it's and we do spotlight players that are not that well known. A uh, hook and god is now a, a very big deal in Dragon Ball Fighters. And we you did an article not that long ago that said, "Hey, pay attention to this guy. You may have never heard of him before, but he's really damn good." And all of a sudden now he's winning tournaments and stuff and and that's great. It clearly it was only due to your article, but besides that. Um <laughs> <laughs> But no, I mean that's we do try to spotlight players. You know, it's there wasn't lo- that long ago where um Snake Eyes was an unknown player, you know, and he won Evo and he did all the stuff and we did a number of articles on him to spotlight him and get him out there. Uh, and we've done that with a bunch of other players as well. And, and we continue to try to find other players that are outside of, you know, the Justin Wongs and the Tokidos and all that stuff to, to spotlight a little bit more. And not that there's anything wrong with those players. Those are great, great guys, great players. But we do like seeing underground people kind of come up out of nowhere, especially if they're using a character or a team that we're not familiar with. And, and you know, we can get that out in front of people and people will, will relate to it a little bit, you know, and, we can't do that, unfortunately, all the time because people tend to like, where is Justin Wong in Tokyo? Why are you covering these other guys instead of them? You know, that's literally the, the how people kind of respond with with their uh, with their clicks on the website. And, and so, yeah, that's it's what we gravitate to. And I'll just kind of say that, like, if you're ever wondering why content is on the website, like and you're seeing it over and over again. Literally, it's because people are voting with their eyeballs, so to speak. Uh, they're there. That is the content they're checking out. If you see Smash up there, you see Dragon Ball Fighters, you see other things like literally that's the stuff people want to see on our website. And they're continually voting that they want to see it by checking it out. Yeah, Goku vegetables, man, or whatever it was, Dragon Ball Z vegetables and stuff, and Link being right-handed or whatever. Like, yeah. I won't, I won't get into the specifics of all of that stuff, but like, those are those are the stories that you know they pop up and people go, well, why, why is that there? You know, that's uh, that's not the normal stuff that you guys cover and such. It's like, well, that's also getting you know, ten times easily, ten times as many views as most of the other stories on the uh, on the website. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, w- was there anything else that you wanted to say in, in regards to all of that? No, it's just it's mostly that, and I I am glad I will say that people take an interest in the stuff. I know they're passionate about it. Uh, I know that they want to see it, and there's just there are ways of going about this. You know, if if you call us all idiots and say we're the stupidest people and we're scumbags and all that, we're probably not going to listen to you that much. But if you come up to us and or you shoot us an email and you say, hey, like, have you guys ever thought of covering this or trying this angle and use some you know social skills and whatnot? We're typically going to respond to that a heck of a lot better and give you more of the time of the day and be like, oh, you know what, maybe this guy's got a point and I cannot tell you how many times we actually have people just contact us out of the blue with a great idea for a story that's not a mainstream piece that we do and we're like oh wow like they asked nicely they did this and like yeah let's see what we can do with this and try to make something work it happens all the time uh it's the way to go about things people skills matter (laughs) (laughs) so right on speaking of people skills let's talk about Capcom uh (laughs) well more specifically uh Street Fighter 5 a recent development there's actually a fluctuation in the input lag. Not only does Street Fighter V have um, like the most input lag of all of like the main games being played right now, I think he compared like 14 games, um, but it also has a fluctuating input lag where uh, it seems to happen in blocks, but essentially it's like for a little while you're going to have 4.5 frames of input lag, and then it'll hike up to like 6 frames of input lag for a few seconds, and then you're more likely to get seven frames of input lag and then back down to four, and it seems to happen in these patterns. But essentially that means that it's it's even more inconsistent than we thought. Like not only is it coming out later than when you, you know, push the button, um, you know, like four to seven frames, but the fact that it's four to seven frames later and you don't know exactly what the uh, the, the delay is going to be, 
not a great look for the game. It's like this is something that has been a sore spot. The fact that it has as much input lag as it does has been a problem since the beginning. Um, it was reduced at least by a frame, but like still at the end of the day, it's it's more than everything else. And um, just not a very good look for Street Fighter V right now. Not to say that it's... I mean, we've been playing this game and having fun and running a Capcom Pro Tour and, and, and that's seen a lot of success and a lot of excitement. The game's made it on TV. It's been entertaining. And it's still the same exact product that we've always had. We've done it with this you know, input latency fluctuation the entire time. But now people are aware of it and it's yet another thing. It's like another strike against Capcom and, and Street Fighter V in general. And, uh, and yeah, so did you have any reactions to, to it? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is Namco Bandai went in there and they updated Tekken 7 and the Unreal Engine, they released an update for it that reduced input lag. And as far as I know, because there's been no communication from Capcom, haha, uh, that uh, they've never put that in Street Fighter V. And, and we're sitting on basically another frame of input lag because Capcom hasn't been able to get the resources together to update the game, I believe. Again... This goes back a lot to the communication issues with Capcom, and that it really is a major issue. We've harped on it. Um, you just wrote an article here about like just, hey, give us something with Cami. Like just say we're looking at it. You know, we're talking about it. Like just say something, and a lot of the stuff could be addressed a lot better instead of the community discovering by Capcom saying, hey, we're aware of this. Like we're looking into it. You know, give us some time. We're working on a fix, kind of thing. And. I do see the input lag inconsistency as an issue. It is an issue, but I also think this stuff gets blown out a little bit out of proportion. Uh, I I looked at the you know the eight frames of lag that we had when the game first launched, and now it's down to around six. So they've lost like you know two frames on it, which is good. Uh, I definitely feel a difference like overall, but the same people who were winning before are still winning. You know, it doesn't. You know, the the tier list or the the, uh, the player tier list has not completely reshaped itself. You know, it's the same people who adjusted before. It's not an ideal set of circumstances, but you know, playing online is not ideal either. You've got plenty of lag. You've got other issues. Um, yeah, there, there's a lot of problems, and this is something that's it's more of an issue than it should be. That's kind of my like my biggest takeaway from it is like Capcom could really do a better job of addressing this stuff. Just have a spokesperson that that you know if it, it's in Japan and they type up stuff and someone translates it and puts it up on the the U.S. website. That's perfect. That's all. That's all you need. You know, kind of you don't need a lot more than that. And, and I I do have to give them props in terms of like the Street Fighter Five website. It's actually pretty good for like kind of teasing content, putting random things up there. That's really nice. And they have, you know, developer interviews, which are really cool and, and different things of that nature. That's great. It's a good first step. But there's this whole competitive community that we we serve and that their DLC is mainly marketed to that they need to just kind of be much more out in front of. And we're much more hard to please. I get that. Like, you, you say the wrong thing and like, ah, you know, someone's going to make a podcast about it like you and me and, you know, blow them up and whatnot. Like, I get that. But at the same time, it's still part of your job. It's You can't just say, oh, hey, you know what? Like, that's really hard. We're not going to do it. <laughs> it's like, no, it's like, it's what well, it's not that hard. Like, just do it because you need to do that as part of, like, servicing the community. This is the competitive community, that the community you're marketing your DLC to. You can't ignore them like you are. It's just, it's really bad business. And it, it's very unfortunate. So, so yeah, to, to actually circle back to the, the discussion at hand, I don't think input leg even this discovery, it's really not that big of a deal in the long run. Again, what I go back to is just it's a lack of, of just like Capcom saying, hey, we're working on this. Like we have something for it, like just communication with them. So, yeah, yeah. It's something else for people to be 
upset about and, and like legitimately upset about. It's not, I don't want to say that and, and imply that people are just whiny all the time. I mean, they are, <laughs> but this is something that it's like, this is, it's, it feels shoddy. And, and it's like, maybe you, you put this in on purpose because you have some kind of a, something that it achieves, you know, like there's arguments that input lag exists because it helps better replicate the online experience or whatever. Well, mm-hmm. say that, like, let us know. Are, are, are you just fumbling a lot or do, are you doing this with an intent and such? It's like, we're left in the dark. And it's like, you could argue that it's like, it's Capcom's prerogative. And, and, you know, here we are with with how the relationship between Capcom and the fan base has been thus far. And I'm still playing Street Fighter. Like, and I will still continue to play Street Fighter. I enjoy it. It's a series that I can relate to, that I kind of grew up with, that I've, um, you know, uh, that I appreciate on many levels. But it's 2018 and the the fighting game esports realm is booming. You know, we got we have new titles coming up. Tekken's doing great. Dragon Ball Fighters has become amazing, you know, since its launch and such. And and it's like, how long is Capcom going to be able to get away with just being Capcom and therefore people are going to play its games if other people come up, make great games and then also have communication with their with their fan base? It's like. It's fine for now. It's we've they've shown that it works for now, but will it work next year? Will it work in two years? Like they they're sitting on top of the throne, but with this kind of a practice, they won't be there forever. And it, so we're seeing that from Namco Bandai. Uh, they're they're doing a much better job with Dragon Ball Fighters, and then we have this little unknown game coming from uh, Riot Games. Uh, the League of Legends developers and that have the Cannon Brothers and Seth Killian working on it. And they used to work on Rising Thunder. And we, we don't have confirmation that they're working on a fighting game, but they were working on one. And if there's someone who knows how to do esports really well, uh, at least compared to the fighting game community, and put out a great product and probably going to be very, like, communicating, like, very actively with the community, uh, it's these guys. And there's not going to be like a Capcom may no longer be king of the roost anymore when these guys are throwing up million dollar tournaments because they have a lot of money to work with. Uh, They have a lot of resources. And if they come out with what I think they're coming out with and what most people are seeing that they're coming out with, like Capcom doesn't have a lot of time. And I love Street Fighter. I love Capcom. Like it's a great franchise. And I I just, I hate to see this kind of stuff happen. It's, it's just, it's like, why? It's like, there's no reason for it. Like, so what if you get blown up a little bit on Twitter? It's like, welcome to everyone else on Twitter. That's what happens there. <laughs> you know, people are going to get mad, but at least you're trying. At least you're putting out an effort. And most of the people are going to see that and go, hey, you know what? At least there's an explanation. At least they're trying. At least I have some idea of what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, like I said, it, it works right now because of your status, because of who you are, because it's the Street Fighter title and everything. But this is not planting seeds for the future of at least seeds of success so fingers crossed that things get better on this front that i mean even if you even if you drop the ball that you talk to us about it things like that but we'll see we'll see how things continue to play out and it's not to say that they have like a a a record of only failures they've done a lot of good and they've done things where they do communicate and it's like oh my gosh breath of fresh air amazing but it's got to be better than what it is and I'll give a major props again for that. The CFN website they do, they have a ton of behind the scenes stuff there. It's really great for just like, hey, I'm more interested in the game. I want to see more, you know, materials and all that. That is terrific. And honestly, I, I'm 
you know, you can always make anything better, but I'm hard pressed to say offhand, like what more I'd like to see there. It's already really good. They do a great job with it. It's like, oh, awesome. We're really talking about the competitive scene and just, you know, making your hardcore players kind of happy and talking about balance and just kind of talking about those those major issues that the the competitive players you know, really care about. So, so yeah. yeah, absolutely. All right. Now that we've uh, had some words with Street Fighter V, let's talk <laughs> about Street Fighter V. Uh, we are looking to construct a tier list, I guess two tier lists, because you will be kind of giving us yours and I'm going to give you mine. And we have, I, I have the um, the Meta Cafe uh, tier or the MM Cafe tier chart in front of me with all these characters' faces and such. So we're gonna go through, kind of organize who we think are are where and and a little bit of why. I think we'll spend more time on certain characters and less on others. But the idea here, if we do this right, is to kind of figure out what we think about the uh, the general tier list. We're we decided we're not going to include Cody yet. I think he's uh, mm-hmm. he's pretty decent, but we haven't you know really been able to see him in tournament. Sans Momochi playing him at E League and such, where he's going to place there, and that's a pretty big part of you know what what factors into like how good these characters are because obviously what the pros are able to do with certain characters or with any character is different than what you know the you know online scrub 15 is able to do with a character and then that has um, a big you know influence as to where they finally land on the tier chart so right and I, I do think just to, if people are wondering what I do think of Cody I think he's pretty good uh, I don't know if he's gonna crack like you know the top five or anything like that but I think he is one of an upper tier class of characters from what I've seen so far it's very early you know not saying anything definitively but if I was going to place him, I'd probably at least place him in the top 15, if not the top 10 at this moment in time. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, he's got great space control, um, has something of a reversal, and, uh, and and great frame traps. Then when you pop that V-trigger and he's got a command grab Oof. that you have to worry about, uh, it really augments the whole thing. So yeah, I, I also think he's definitely above the mid, um, and yeah, the, definitely top 15, maybe top 10. I think you, uh, you guess you took the words right out of my mouth. Oh, well. So... <laughs> But with the rest of the cast, um, I suppose we start with the uh, the top five and kind of de- you know delve into that. There's not a ton of dispute as to like kind of who's in the top five right now. Maybe the top three uh, or four and such, but maybe their order is mm-hmm. is kind of uh, argued. Obviously, people are talking about Cami left and right. But then you have people like uh, a lot of the Japanese players have said, no, I still think Akuma's number one. So you know, a little bit to be talked about there. So I guess I'll, I'll turn it over to you. Who do you think, we'll start simple, who do you think is the best character in the game? Kami. And I've, I thought she was the best character in the game since season three. And I I was speaking about this with uh, another person yesterday. And it was just, Kami didn't get a lot between season three and season five, or 3.5, I should say. Uh, but everyone else usually got a decent bit worse and and she just kind of ends up like kind of default number one for me it, like look like when you're when you're talking about characters that are fairly easy to to play compared to with the rest of the cast members that are that far up and that good uh, i just i don't see how cammy isn't number one in this because she's just so much easier to approach than most others but how about you okay um i also put cammy um with my number two being akuma Mm. Um, and and so like I wanted to present like my first top like my, my top two and to say why I think Kami over Akuma even though like a lot of Japan would say Akuma and and I'm sure like there's I wouldn't be upset if like we were somehow able to know the exact tier list and and they said no it's Akuma over Kami I'd be like that's fine that's totally cool whatever um, but what it comes down to is Kami has. Um, I mean, both characters are lower life, and we've seen, like, through the years of fighting games that lower life is not usually that big of a deal as far as 
tiers go if you have the tools like it's it's better to have low life and more tools than it is to, you know the opposite mm-hmm. and um but but cammy's like movement around the screen is ridiculous the fact that she can basically start um she can start scuffles whenever she kind of wants to whether that be you know trying to approach on the ground or from the air or feign approaching from the air which which helps open up everything like she can do it if if you're on her she has the invincible reversal if she needs it um her v reversal is it's like it's not the best in the game but it it gets her out of the corner and we're still not seeing people punish it very much at all so it's like she's got tools across the board and she can choose to play footsies if she wants but she doesn't have to and that's pretty amazing to me like she's just like cammy always gets to do what cammy wants to do and and then you top on that like she's got like a three frame super that can hit from you know pretty much anywhere on the screen so once she's got that stocked you have to worry about any stray movements and things like that uh it's just like cammy can can do it all and she can do it all really well and then when you compare that with Akuma, he's obviously got incredible strengths, um, but he's more technical. Like you said, Cammy's mm-hmm. also very easy to play. It takes like you know not that long to like sit and train and understand the basics of her, and already you're you're well on your way to uh, to scoring victories and such. Um, Akuma is is a little more ta- uh, technical, a little harder to uh, to figure out. Like maybe in in like you know the most solid, perfect. If like two machines are playing each other, sure, maybe Akuma is technically better. But overall, I think what you're seeing even in tournament is like there's a million Kamis and a handful of Akumas, and to me that means the character, uh, at least from our perspective here, is ultimately better. Yeah, I and again I I would throw out there like outside of Tokido, who's having massive success with with Akuma, you know, and it's not many people like Haitani plays him as well, and there's a, a bunch of other players who play the character, but they're not having like massive success. Now ask that same question for for Cap or for uh, Cami, and it's like, well, Knuckle Doo's got a Cami, a bunch of other people have got a pocket Cami, and they're all doing really well with her. They're busting her out tournament and doing, you know, it's she's not winning every tournament, but there the success is very much there. And that to me just puts her over the top. Yeah, you have like NL and Valoran being like the 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 top dogs, I think, right now. But then you have people like Alex Myers and uh, oh, and Gamer Bees in there too. I mean, maybe yep. maybe Gamer Bees in between those those two groups of the Alex Myers group and the Valoran and, and NL group. But he's he's doing amazing things with her. And yeah, a lot of the pros gravitating to Cami, like if not maining her, having a pocket, like that's pretty telling. You know, they're not doing that same thing with Akuma uh, as much. So. So yeah, um, but but you haven't said who your second. I don't even know if Akuma, oh, Akuma. is. I'm... Yeah, I've I've got Akuma for a second. I I okay. just yeah, he, he just he's a, he's a cut above the other ones, and my top five is all fairly close. My top four is at least, and, and just rounding that out, actually, I, I've got Guile and Manat tied for third and fourth. I don't know who's better. Uh, I'm a Manat main. She's really good, and she's she's probably brutally good in a few matchups, but she she still loses a handful of matchups in the game, uh, particularly to Rashid M. Bison. Any character with a lot of horizontal movement that can kind of stay on her and has a really you know difficult time of, of her getting them off them really gives her a lot of trouble. And there's a handful of characters like that. Uh, some people don't like the Ibuki matchup as well. Again, it just kind of depends, but uh, so. But I think Guile's also got a few disadvantage matchups in the game. Not many. Uh, he loses to Manat of all characters that most people feel like. So I've kind of got those two neck and neck. So yeah. I have also Guile and Manat next in that order. I put Guile over Manat because um, as good as Manat is with zoning, so is Guile. 
Uh, Minot might be a little better with zoning, but I, I'm, I'm hesitant to even say that. But Guile does have an invincible reversal. So mm -hmm. even when you get in, you have to worry about that. Whereas with Minot, when you get in, it's like, okay, go crazy. And even her V reversal um, is not safe. It's like it's one of the slowest in the game. And if you're ready yep. for it, you can really put the hurting on her for using it. So um, that's why that was like the main difference. And then Guile's very good defensively and offensively. Minot's good offensively when she has her V trigger, which she gets often, right? Mm -hmm. It's a two bar and, and then you can see her get it twice in a in a single round. Um that's not that's not weird or out of the norm. Um but but Guile like his buttons are so good um, with frame trapping and such, and, and so I, I ultimately put Guile over Minot. Uh, but they both kind of they're they're swimming in that same pool. You know, they're both yeah. very good zoners that also can go at you and, and just like eat your soul. All right, um, and then <laughs> yeah. So, so since we're both kind of agreeing right now, I, I want to find out like who your other top five character is. Like, who do you have in the fifth position? It's Ibuki. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and I okay. figured that as much. <laughs> and, and like, here's the thing about Ibuki though, she wasn't. When the season three kind of started, she wasn't there anymore. She was very mm -hmm. much there in season two because of her ridiculous, unseeable mix-ups. Um, but then um, she kind of fell a little bit because she she got nerfed. But she got a new V-Trigger. People figured that out, though, uh, namely Fujimura. But you also have people like Shen and, and such um, and Shine even doing work with her. And um, she has, just out of results, that's where like the whole results thing comes into play. I don't think Ibuki would be up this high on most people's tier lists if we didn't see Fujimura doing his thing. And Shen yeah. won, uh, what was it, FV Cup um, over the weekend too with mm -hmm. her. Uh, with all the rest of the camis and then and then Shen on top, <laughs> but yeah, it's um, I think a lot of people they took a little while to figure out her new V trigger two setups, and once you kind of got a grasp on what those were and how to use them, you're, you're seeing maybe not as effective as her bomb setups that they were you know previously, but you're seeing some really good stuff from the character, and then in the hands of a, a very top level player, you're seeing just like kind of the power the character has overall. Mm -hmm. So and the ability to convert like one part of that is Fujimura's just optimization as a as a player, but the fact that Ibuki can do that. Not every character can do that. She's got such mobility, and she's got moves like with that kunai, for instance, that when it hits you, she's already moving again. When she like throws EX kunai, um, she's already moving again, and then it, it makes contact, and then it explodes and pops you up, and she can go from like one side of the screen to the other and get you, because she has like these long-lasting moves. Um, same idea with her uh, V-Trigger 2, where she throws the, the Shoryuken, um, and it's like you're able to pick up when, when you hit someone and convert very, very much with her. And she's got really good mobility. So a lot of really good tools here. Something else so, you notice about oh, I, all these... Oh, oh yeah, I had a question for you, actually, before we move on from Ibuki. Mm -hmm. If CN and, and Fujimura were not playing her in tournament, where would you put this character off the top she of your would, head? She would probably be maybe in the top 10. Yeah, I'd actually have her outside of the top 10 for me. Like, because those are the only two players I see with her consistently doing, like, really great stuff. You know, Marn plays her a little bit, a few other people play her, and, like, they're doing well with her and stuff, but, like, those two players are so damn good. It's like, wow, it's like, I did not know the character could do this. I, I did not think she was this good. You guys are so damn good. I'm having to put this character higher up on the list for myself. Right. So, so yeah. Right. And then that's going to be the case. Like, maybe some of these characters, like, maybe we find out that, like, Blanca is actually stupid good, but no one's given him the time enough to figure out, like, and unlock these things. Um, a little bit less likely the case with a game like Street Fighter V because it's it's a little, it's a little less um, multidimensional than, like, 
I mean, like with Street Fighter three and Street Fighter four has like the focus cancel and all that stuff. So like, there's a lot more pizzazz that can come out of stuff and a lot more potential. Um, a little more straightforward is Street Fighter five. So maybe not. But but the fact that characters or, or I'm sorry, players can take characters and go crazy with them and really show and highlight their potential um, is definitely part of this. Yeah, for sure. All right, so that's our top five, and I think it's it's kind of the same. I got Cami, yeah. Akuma, Guile, Manat, and then Ibuki, and you just have Guile and Manat kind of tied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, got, I've got that. It's yeah, virtually okay. the same. So so then so that moves us into top ten, uh, top ten. I'm I'm less solid here. Like it's more of a collection of like here's five more characters that are in some order in the top ten probably, but I'm not like sold that each one is better than the other and, and things like that. I don't know what your, what yeah, your next time. I your next call this, like. yeah, I call this the dumb tier because it's mostly the dumb characters that I have in here. And, and just for me to be clear, it's not that you're dumb that if you play these characters, just that you can play pretty dumb with these characters and they can get you going really well. Oh, like so they Birdie can, must be in here for you. Oh, no, actually, I, I, I have Birdie mm. outside of this one, just barely. Yeah. <laughs> I've got, I've got uh, so in order, I've got Abigail, Rashid, M. Bison, Urien, and Armika. And I actually, of all characters, I think Mika's the, the least dumb. Uh, I know, I know, shocker, but she's That's still, a weird thing to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, all these characters can pretty much, like, just go ballistic on you and just piece you out, like, in a minute type thing. And they're all really good. They're all really high-end characters. Uh, I think you're seeing Mika actually have a resurgence uh, since season one, where she fell off pretty much right after season one. Uh, she got the, the wall nerf, all that kind of stuff. But you're seeing a number of players do very well with her in tournament. And it's, it's, she's, she's not what she used to be, but she's still really good. So, so yeah. Yeah, I, I have a lot of, I have a hard time even formulating like a top 10 right now. Uh, I, I think Rashid's in there for sure. He still has, uh, he's he's been toned down, and thank you so much, Capcom, for doing that. But he still has a lot of goofy stuff. Like, in his V-Trigger 2 earlier, um, or I should say, uh, um, I think it was yesterday when I was playing, uh, he, like, I had a Rashid player, had V-Trigger 2 active, and he did an EX, you know, like, eagle spike downwards. And I was like, perfect. I saw it, I saw it coming, so I um, supered with my Nikali, right? And my super goes flying at him, and he just does another EX spike and goes straight up, and and I go straight through me, and it's like, <laughs> I've, I've I read that and I countered it with my invincible move, and yet like nope, just I'm Rashid, and the rules don't apply to me. I go off the wall, and even though you see that, you're like, okay, I'm gonna position myself backwards a little bit and DP that. It's like nope, I'm just out of the way, and I get to come down and then do crush counter combos on you. His his mobility and and the way his the way his mobility works it's like we're playing street fighter 5 and he's more marvel you know mm-hmm. like just just crazy and chaos in his movement and then his normals are still great they're not as dumb as they were so thank you um so that's you know that's why he's not like the best in the game not even necessarily top five but the guy can still be crazy and still get stuff done and i hate him and <laughs> yeah so i know rashid's in there um i also have actually colleen in there Oh, wow. Which uh, is okay. a little different. She was for sure in the top 10 uh, at the start of season three, but got toned mm-hmm. down before she was able to realize too much. But Colleen, um, again, she's a very good movement character, specifically in V Trigger 2 uh, when that's active. But that thing with her standing heavy punch, like she's a character that can also just, just do it. Um, her heavy punch is actually negative now, so you can't just like do it in that respect. But like when you, when you have um, 
V-Trigger 2 active, her options are just, like, like they're crazy. She just gets yeah. to do things. And, and what I find myself having to do is just basically, like, kind of jump backwards, make space between us, and force her to use it um, until that until that thing's gone. And then I can resume playing again. But really, it's like, when she, when that's active, it's like she gets just kind of, like, freestyle at you. And, and most of the things that she's going to do are going to beat what you're going to do, even if you know what's coming and, and try to counter it. So... Um, she's up there in the top 10 somewhere. I also have Urian. Um, his, like, again, toned down, but his, his reach with normals is amazing. And obviously Aegis is, um, not as good as it was, especially because canceling with V trigger or yeah, canceling with V trigger, um, automatically scales things, but he's still a very solid character and, uh, and wins a lot on the ground. And Bison, again, another kind of like when he pops V trigger one Marvel-esque <laughs> and, um, He's one of the few characters that has two viable V triggers. Yeah. Uh, Guile's another one, um, but M Bison can, For can what pick it's and worth, choose. Uh, just mm-hmm. to jump in here, because I, I play Bison quite a bit too. Uh, his V trigger two started out as something that a, a few people were using, and now it's kind of gone back to V trigger one again. So I'm seeing very few people actually use V trigger two at this point in time. Maybe it will, you know, have a resurgence or whatever. But it does seem like V trigger one has become the favored son again. Yeah, yeah, I would uh, mostly agree with that. You see it sometimes online, but. But yeah, and then here's the thing though, that's I've listed you know a top nine thus far, but then you have um, I'm stuck. I don't know whether or not to put Abigail or Nicali in the top ten, and I I don't I mean I feel like maybe they're both in there, but uh, mm-hmm. you know if you have to choose, I'm not I'm not completely sold. They're very different. Um, Abigail can still dole out the huge damage, uh, but he doesn't get it in in as ridiculous of ways. But it's like, when can you ever count Abigail out? Even now yep. in season 3.5, it's like a character you can never count out because he can dole it all out uh, and, and come back from anywhere. Nikali, as a Nikali main, I understand the character's weaknesses, um, which I would actually say are, are similar to Ken's in that he has to... So like I was talking earlier about like Cammy, like she gets to just do things and such. Nikali operates in that realm as well, but if he just does things, they're not safe is the mm. thing. So like he has to commit to like I'm going to I'm going to like dash forward or jump forward um in order to like open you up and get in there and if you choose the correct counter to that you're going to get you know the Nikali is going to get hit and get destroyed and such. Um the thing is like it's Street Fighter 5 and you just like the jump didn't work. Well, what do you do? Well, jump again because it might work this <laughs> right. time. And when it right. finally does, then he's <laughs> in and he, and he just you know rolls over you. Right. So but but like that's the only thing like if Nikali could get close to you um, for free, he would be easily a contender for pr- potentially best character in the game. Mm-hmm. The other thing is that like when he pops V trigger is is a huge deal. Um, it's that he's got a 3 bar V trigger and has to get there. Um, and also, obviously, sacrifices uh, the ability to V-reversal when he does that. So it's like Nikali and V-trigger and Nikali not in V-trigger are two different things. So, I mean, a lot of information there. But, like, those are the characters that I have as candidates for top 10. But that's technically the top 11. Somebody would have to get booted out. <laughs> but I'm not sure who. I don't have confidence in the saying, like, who that would be. Um, so what I have right like in front of me right now is Rashid, Colleen, um, Urian bison abigail nicali but that could very easily change yeah uh, this it's a similar thing with me here with my top 15 like once you get past the top five there's there's a there's a pretty good step down in terms of the tiers and then i pretty much have like the six through 15 characters like right around that same like very viable pretty high-end character type stuff And, and actually i'll go ahead and get it to those now up next up i've got 11 i've got birdie after that i've got karen 
than Colleen, than Nikali, who I feel is massively overrated in this game. Um, oh, good. <laughs> very, very heavily based on just most of the people dropping him. Haitani uh, used to play him. A bunch of people played Nikali. Very popular character. Pretty much um, throughout Street Fighter V's lifespan until now season three. And you're just seeing him just being dropped like left and right. Uh, and then to, to close out, I have Balrog, uh, who I still think is a very decent character like a, a pretty good like hey you know he's got a, enough going for him to, to stay on the, the pretty viable pretty higher end into things but um but yeah and and just to kind of to dialogue a little bit i birdie is is more well played in europe in particular and then you've got people like meta rd who are still putting in a lot of work with the character uh i i debated on putting him in my top 10 just because i still think he's very good but the nerfs did hurt him a little bit he did specialize in kind of going crazy on you when he got the opportunities uh karen is still a footsie monster and a damage monster and in the hands of a very competent pro a karen player can always beat you you know and it, it's having that that special character of okay you're playing cammy okay i'm playing karen guess what i still have a chance at taking you down like there's not a i can't think of a matchup in the game where karen's just like completely at a loss she's done doesn't mean she wins every match or ties every match but she's got a good fighting chance like her tools are very fundamentally solid and i i feel to a, a lesser degree colleen's kind of in that boat uh, plays mm-hmm. a, a similar type of game uh nikali again i just i don't get why people overrate the character so much it's got to be because of you because you're the only one who plays him still um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously Phenom, uh, just got top eight like, uh, third, he, right he doesn't count no one knows that he plays nikali no um, <laughs> anyway um but no it's i i just i don't feel the character has a lot going for it is his game plan is so linear that's where that really bothers me with nikali is like he's good all around but he's just so straightforward and it's like what's he gonna do is like okay he's either gonna ground pound he's going to jump at you um you infamously said to us like hey guys like it's not a matter of if i'm gonna dash forward it's when i'm gonna dash forward yeah you know trigger yeah it's it it is coming like i can't not do it i have to do it at some point in time and it's like look like once you have kind of downloaded that matchup at a very high level yeah you can still lose it but man that that you've got to be kind of like a just really comfortable in your skin with that character to kind of stick with them and feel like you have enough options to compete because it feels well, like you hit a wall there yeah good he he kind of operates on like a coin flip almost mm-hmm. like an informed coin flip maybe so but like of especially this is like with v trigger active i'm either going to dash or i'm going to jump at you mm-hmm. you know and um and like both of those are, if you're not ready, you you can't really at a certain range, you can't really be ready for both. That's the Street Fighter Five. Mm-hmm. And so, if I pick the right one, then I get to do my rush down, and I get whatever damage I get from the actual initial approach, and then rush you down, and it sucks. Um, and and so it's like, but the fact of the matter is, maybe I chose wrong, and maybe I didn't read you right, and then you counter me, and then you know it, it didn't work out. So um, I mean, but it's he's got he's got so many tools. He's right there on the cusp of being amazing, and yet he's not. And I think what it comes down to is there are the characters that don't have to take that kind of a risk in order to get their thing started, and that's a big part of what makes them better than him. Gotcha. Um, But for my um, getting outside of the top ten here, uh, I have Chun-Li, which I don't Mm -hmm. don't think you know. Did you mention Chun in your years yet? I actually Mm -hmm. have her at 17th for myself. Okay. So I have Chun-Li in there. Um, She was... Amazing, arguably the best character in the game in season one, got super nerfed into the ground and then regulated back up a little ways here. You don't see her winning any tournaments and you see even like those really good characters like or players like MOV still having um, doing okay with her but having a hard time. I play a lot of Chun-Li's online. 
Mm-hmm. And she she has great buttons. When she activates V Trigger, they get you know like even better because there's more um, hits done and such. Chun Li can really solidly control space. That's not the most amazing thing in this game, um, but but like it, it is something like that counters a lot of characters. And I think her problem is there are, there are characters that don't care if you can control the space, like mm-hmm. Rashid or like Cami um or or like others like guile and Minot that aren't worried about that because they're still going to make you come to them and so then like chun will fall but like to characters like like mine like for nikali for instance like i need to get up to you and chun li poses a big problem with that and so her ability to control the space is is good her ability to um to dole out the damage and to do rushdown is pretty good her movement is not the best and that that's going to kind of count against her a little bit but um the way that like you know her 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 normals just go so far and and such and it's like it's a pretty big deal um and this isn't in uh, like a particular order this is kind of just like in its own tier level uh, just so I, got, so, sh- I, I wanted yeah, to quickly add a note with Lee too it's she has a lot of deceptively good matchups in her favor uh, i know a number of abigail players and i of zangief who we'll get to later <laughs> you oh, guys sure, can yeah. guess where we've got him at but hmm. um she does very well in a number of matchups deceptively well and it's just like you have to respect that character she can be very good in the hands of a pro uh and she's seen a big resurgence like you know dropped off the face of planet after season one um almost everyone dropped her and now a number of those players have picked her right back up uh i, I give uh, chun li the, the very much the respect badge in the tiers here so mm-hmm. um another character i have in this group birdie uh, we saw him win Capcom Cup, <laughs> and uh, Mena RD is a very good player, very smart in the sense that he can download an opponent and do the correct thing. But much of like how I spoke about Nikali just now, where he's still got to like kind of open himself up and, uh, and and choose an approach, and that that might be wrong. Birdie suffers from that a little bit, in that uh, he he guesses, and it's not so much on his approach that he guesses, but on his offense. And so, like, Birdie's gonna do the thing. And, like, it's either gonna work or not. And it's gonna work more often than it doesn't. Um, but he he still is limited by the fact that he's kind of just a, a, a guesser character in, in a lot of instances. Um, he can, he's got great reach on his normals. He's deceptively good. Like, on paper, you're like, oh, these aren't very good normals because they're fairly slow and such. But... They put you in enough block stun and they reach far enough that even if they're negative, they don't. It's not that big of a deal, and they'll they'll beat you out because he can reach so far just because he's such a big character, um, and his damage is obviously really good. He can he can steamroll the crap out of you with uh, with his rushdown and such once he gets in, and he's got one of the best anti airs in the game, which doesn't cost like like as Nicalia jump forward fierce is a very very good or jumping fierce in general is a very good tool um i don't think i've ever beaten a, a birdie <laughs> doing his crouching medium punch just swatch you out of the air with his head and then that puts you in, in a mix-up immediately because you're going to land next to him and you have to deal with this command grab versus a strike kind of a thing so birdie is still he's he's flipping coins and that's his problem but it's also working out for him more often um uh, what i wanted to jump in there and note that I, I think one of the things that people don't catch with Birdie is that he's really good at the meta of Street Fighter V. Yeah, he's, he's a Street a, Fighter V character. Yes, and he plays it at such a good clip. Like, you look at his tools on paper and you go, eh, whatever, you know, kind of thing. And I, I, I think most people did that. You know, clear back when he was uh, launched in, in Season 1, people were like, ah, whatever, this character kind of blows. Um, 
And then all of a sudden you're seeing him win tournaments, you're seeing a bunch of people be very viable with him, and he plays, like you say, the game of Street Fighter V very fundamentally well. Uh, if you want to call Street Fighter V fundamental, maybe another you know another debate <laughs> for another time, but hey. Uh, and, and that's where you start to see him get ahead. Those command grabs, those mix-ups, the, the damage he does, um, the, the style of footsies that he plays and the whiff punishing and all that, he is a brutal character to go up against, especially in certain matches where he can just control the screen very well. And the moment that you're off and you you whip a button you shouldn't he's hitting you for massive damage at oki setups and you're like holy crap this character you know kind of thing so uh he's a he's an unusual character he loses some matchups pretty bad in this especially to zoning you know type characters uh which there haven't been a lot of until recent times uh he's a very interesting character and his ex tackle being safe it's minus five but very few characters can punish it Mm -hmm. um and so it's like that's just gonna come uh urian has a similar similar move it's actually legitimately safe but um birdie's like oh i'm I'm in i'm in pressure i'm just gonna do that and like you'll block it or whatever or maybe you won't and then (laughs) i get hit by that a lot more than i think i should because like it'll just come at any time and i know it but i still get hit by it yeah uh and then you know that transfers into V trigger cancel into big damage into pressure afterwards. So yeah, just so you guys know, Birdie is not a fun match for Nicole. I would. <laughs> there are not many matches in Street Fighter Five. I, I, you know, like oh man, I don't, I don't want to ever have to play that. That is as a Nicole player, I. Yeah, as a not player, I, I'm like, I have yeah, a I'm lot fine. of yeah. satisfaction in beating Birdie, though. Yeah. It's like really, like when I beat a Birdie, I was like, I earned that and yes. I am going <laughs> to relish in this, and you're a piece of crap human being for playing. No, I'm just kidding. You're uh, saying it, wins it are extra satisfying there. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's what that is. <laughs> um, but keeping going here, uh, Karen, you, you already said a lot about Karen, and I, and I agree with that. She is very solid. And in a game where it's just unfortunate because she's like the character that wants to play honestly with footsies and she's the one that can almost do it out of all these characters she can sit there and try to like react to buttons and such and that's kind of her game Uh, that's where she like benefits the most but uh, with what we talked about earlier with varying input lag and the fact that input lag exists in the first place that counts against her in big ways and with the nerfs that she kind of received her her damage isn't quite as good her tools aren't as quite as um as good as they were before she can outsolid you, but the the kind of randomness factor of Street Fighter V counts against her in big ways, and I think that's what like limits her the most. So, um, yes, like you were saying, very good very good players can can take Karen very far, but there are a lot better options and a lot easier roads, and I think that we're seeing people like ultimately wanting to to do that. But like when a Karen's on and you try to like fight her, <laughs> I mean, certain like like Monat I think can destroy destroy Karen just yeah. because she doesn't yeah, have yeah. to play within Karen's like reach so she's just like well whatever you you play over there and get killed and I'm going to mm-hmm. safely stay over here but characters that have to fight her um like hand to hand um she can she can usually beat them like she usually has better control of like the immediate space in front of her and can wiggle in and out mm-hmm. and and basically juke you and then and then you know hit you when you when you miss kind of a thing so a uh, very solid character but unfortunately that's not really the game to be played in the Street Fighter 5 so that's what kind of hurts her um, I also have Mika in this next kind of tier. Hmm. She's she's she does a lot of hail marys, like trying to get in um, to get her game started, and then obviously if she gets you in the corner and puts you in mix ups and such, then that's that's where she thrives and she can really melt you. Uh, but like in the neutral, she's kind of taking guesses. She'll do shenanigans, but none of it's like legitimate. And so uh, a lot of times Mika's are again having to flip coins in the neutral. And that works for her sometimes, but against her, and it's not a consistent kind of a thing. So, 
she's she's interesting. I don't have a ton of fun fighting Mika because a lot of times I think it comes down to like, well, when you jumped forward, did you do the splash or not? Because I anti-aired. So if you did the splash, you win. But if you didn't, I'm going to get you. And then her defense is pretty bad. So like if you do get her, then then she has a really hard time getting you off of her. Yeah. Um, and, and the same kind of goes for, at least in the defensive department, for Balrog, who I also have in this category. Um, Balrog, he's he's a damage monster. He can really hurt you and take you all the way to the corner. His defense is trash. And, and one of the things that we saw with Smug with his run in E-League, the thing that he upped was his defense. And that was that was huge. So, like, Balrog's got a lot of tools. He doesn't have defense. So you as the player have to make up for that there. And it's a very hard thing to do, um, especially in Street Fighter V when it's an offense-heavy game and everyone's got, like, a, a lot of options on offense. Um, but... You know, he he was his V trigger was ridiculous before, and it's been greatly toned down. Um, so of course that's hurt him a lot in the uh, the tier list. But I think in an appropriate way because it wasn't fun to play against Balrogs before. They were just gonna do the thing. And it was probably gonna work, and it's like, well, just banging my head against a wall trying to 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 fight against the Balrogs. So now they have to think a little bit more, which is what you want, you know, out of mm-hmm. out of characters. You want that, you know, like that mental battle back and forth. So. Yeah, I kind of put Balrog also in the in this next five. So in no particular order, um, Chun, Birdie, Balrog, Karin, and Mika in this like third tier down. Okay, for me. So this next part of the tier for me gets into the. They're still good characters in my opinion. They're just they're just misunderstood, you know, kind of thing. Now there, uh, there's one character at the very top here that that Japan actually thinks is maybe one of the better characters in the game. You know, who am I to argue? Uh, I've already mentioned that Chun Li here is at 17th, uh, but who I have at 16th right now is Kin. Um, Kin is actually regarded as one of the better characters by some people in the community in this game right now. I personally don't see it. I think he's, I think he's pretty good, but I still see enough like just. He's not overly potent like he used to be, you know, and it's, uh, yeah, you can get your stuff off and you can get him going, but it, it's, man, he's he's so momentum-based and he just has enough disadvantages going for him where I, I'm, I'm hard-pressed to put him up any higher than this. And it still means he can compete, he can hang in there and whatnot, I just, I don't feel like he's in that upper echelon anymore. Yeah, I have mm-hmm. Ken in this group too. Yeah. And as uh, Ken, Ken and Akali would be... I think that they're very similar, and I, I go back to Nikali obviously because that's the character that I understand the best. As, as you know, I've been playing him for two and a half years now and such. But um, they are very similar in that um, what I talked about earlier with Nikali, like just having to take those guesses of like, hey, um, this is pretty good. I'm going to use it, but you can counter it. It's got like a very real counter to it, you know. In like, I'm either going to jump forward or or whatever, dash forward. Ken does that, and Ken does that actually even a little bit better. Um, he's going to jump forward and maybe jump forward ex tatsu to get in your face, and 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 also like run right up to your face, run dash, um, hit, you know, hit a button and cancel into run. All that stuff is unsafe, and you can hit him out of it. So, what it comes down to is like Ken just basically like is high octane f- coin flipping to try to get up to you. Um, and then his his damage output once he does hit you is very mm-hmm. good. And, and again, he can he can steamroll you down. But like we saw with characters like, I'm sorry, players like, uh, who was it? Ceroblast a couple of mm-hmm. weeks ago were just like very entertaining to watch, but it was like just crazy random, like you might do something here. And if you do, you're going to get hit with this DP. But if you don't, I'm going to kill you. you know, I'm going to get killed because I'm DPing. Right. Ken operates in that realm. Um, I was talking to Problem X before he had to fight uh, Chris T at Combo Breaker. And he said, I just, I don't want to play the guessing game. And that's why he went with Abigail. Um, I, he, he didn't want to do Bison where he was going to be basically be up in Ken's face, but then have to guess, is he going to DP or do something crazy or not? Um, and a lot of, uh, 
I mean, Ken's a very online character as well. What it comes down to, though, is, is, is like Ken is an offensive coin flip all mm-hmm. the time. And so sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But it feels like he's the kind of character with the kind of guesses that he has to take or that will over and over again take. Um, it's going to work half the time and it's not going to work half the time. And that puts him kind of in the middle of, of things. Hmm. Yeah, I I see more of the art of playing Ken in terms of if like if you're really good at controlling momentum. And, and getting people off their guard. Ken has a lot of tools to get up interface very quickly with his run. And yeah, it's unsafe a lot of times, but you can get people so hesitant to press a button with that. And just uh, and his tools to get in are not too bad. You know, he can he can really get up there and approach from a couple different ways. It's just his his tools are are somewhat well-rounded but they're not great overall they're like they're all like they they all have to work very much in conjunction with each other and so i i really don't mind ken as a character i think he's pretty you know pretty solid in this one i like his diverse tool set i think he works pretty well but but yeah it's also he he enables people to go crazy which some don't like but yeah he's the character that i enjoy playing the least against gotcha i I enjoy playing against when ken pops up online i'm like this sucks (laughs) so this this tier that i'm going to go down here is it's kind of like it's these characters are all on the edge of of kind of that tournament viability thing, like pretty much after Ken and Chun-Li, because I think those characters are, are you know, rock solid right there. That's 16 and 17 for me. Uh, 18 is Laura, who I think has fallen off, but I think is really heavily underrated right now by the community because she was damn stupid before in season two. We wrote multiple, mm-hmm. multiple articles about how- The medium kick uh, and the, the V-trigger melting you. Oh, she can man. still do the V-trigger melting you thing though. Yeah, and, but she's still good. She's still fundamentally solid. Um, she's got enough stuff going for her where I can't believe as many people drop the character as they have because it's like, look, like she still has that tools, but like people just really wanted to be super cheap with a, a character and just go, you know, melt someone else. So they've went back to Cammy, you know. So yeah. that's that's why. And I mean, well, but yeah, Laura um, has to think in the neutral now. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't she doesn't get in for free by any means, and and has to like it's hard for her to get started. Once she gets started. Um, especially if she's in V Trigger, like you've seen people like IDOM and, and such, and like 801 Strider, the character is like, well, like, good luck, you're probably dead. No matter how much life you have, you're probably dead because she's going to murder you and then stun you and then murder you some more and, and all that stuff. But um, it, it's a lot for Laura to get there, and her defense is pretty ass. So it's mm-hmm. like, you can really rush her down. Uh, she, she's got a lot of roadblocks in the way, depending on like what the matchup is. So there are situations where she flourishes, but it's hard to get there. Yeah. Um, and, it, and obviously it's going to really depend on what the opponent's tools are. But there are so many opponents out there with, with really good tools where she either gets beat just because she can ru- she'll get rushed down by them and not be able to like get her game started or you know just kept away and frustrated and things like that. Um, but like, yeah, there are times where she's amazing. And like, if she pops V trigger, doesn't matter who you are, she can melt you. But like, it's, it's, that doesn't happen enough for her to be, um, all that high on the tier list. So yeah, I have her in this, in this same group. Um, is there anything else you want to say about Laura? No, no, that was it. Yeah. And, and then just uh, rounding out my, the rest of my list here is uh, number 19, I've got Zeku, uh, who I think is still a character that's under the radar for a lot of people. He's very technically uh, based. He's very hard to play. Uh, if you try picking up this character and just kind of messing around with him, you're going to be like, what is this? Like, what am I doing kind of thing? And then you start to see what happens in the, in the hands of a very top-end player uh, who, who's got their execution down, knows how the game fundamentally works, and you start going, okay, hey, uh, this this character is pretty solid. Um, old, old Zeku has some pretty nice zoning tools. Um, they're not incredible. They're not Monat or Guile level, but they can hold their own a little bit. And then young Zeku has got some like, you know, kind of Nikali kind of 
M. Bison kind of rushdown type stuff going with them. And it's not as good as those characters, but yeah. And that's actually the beauty and kind of the fault of Zeku is that he has both you know, forms tied into one character and switching back and forth between that and controlling both things is really hard. But once you see that in the hands of a very good player, you start to go, oh, wow, this guy's tool set's very good. Uh, he can melt you with his young Zeku form. And if he does a little like target combo with V-Trigger into super, it's doing like 60% damage or 50% damage. It's it's hitting you very hard. Uh, he's He's a a good bit under the radar. He's not an incredible character. It's just, it's, I've got him at 19th here because it's like, look, like, okay, I, I put in a ton of time and effort into this character and the best I get is like, you know, mid tier. And it's like, yeah, I get why a lot of people aren't playing him uh, for that reason alone. There's a lot easier of roads, but yes, I agree with you on, I think on everything that you just said, I kind of liken him to Gen. Obviously he's got two stances like Gen did in Street Fighter 4. Um, and I, and I think that I wouldn't be surprised if a really, really good player, I know that like Big Bird's playing him right now, so we'll see what happens there, but if like someone like Shen, for instance, obviously, uh, picked him up and really went in, Zeku's got so many tools because he's got two different, he's two characters, you know, he's two characters in one, and um, and beyond that, like, I don't know, I play like Bushin style, I think is the best Zeku that I end up playing online um, fairly, fairly frequently. And um, yeah, he can go from zoning, and then he can go into rushdown. They're not the they're not it's not the best zoning and the best rushdown in the game. But the fact that he has both of those kinds of tools um, at his disposal is really big. The fact that when he's in, I don't I don't know why this is the case, but when he's in young mode, if he back rolls, his back roll is five frames <laughs> slower than everybody else. So all those setups that you had for back rolling, like you have to delay them by five frames to make them work. And what that ends up happening, what ends up happening there is that you end up trying to meet Zeku and then if he does that you miss completely and then he hits you and that he Zeku gets a lot of mileage out of doing that um just because he's for some reason different from the rest of the cast in this one weird way and I, I don't know if it was intentional or not who knows because uh Capcom doesn't share a lot of information with this <laughs> but um yeah but I think he's got a lot of potential we haven't seen that um realized yet and so there's that but yeah I also have Zeku in this uh in this category I also have jury in this mm. category. Um, a lot of people are quick to say jury is the worst, <laughs> not the worst, but like amongst the worst. Um, I think she's gotten better and better. Uh, and, and she controls the horizontal space very well. She's got an uh, invincible reversal. Also very technical, has to store moves, and that, that kind of counts against her. And it's going to count against um, how many people want to play her. But we've seen like Shin Chang do really well with her. Um, there's a couple of really good juries online. Uh, just a sleepy guy recently got second over the weekend. Uh, I don't remember which tournament it was. Um, and it wasn't a huge one, but like jury has some potential there. She can, she can get the job done. And I think it's another case of like, there are people that can get the or characters that can get the job done more efficiently and better. But Jury's got, like, she's got the tools. She's got good anti-air. She's got good damage. She's got good reach. Um, she moves pretty quickly. Uh, it's just, like, yeah, she's just not the best at that. And we've seen, I guess, I guess Infiltration and him pulling her out as, like, a pocket character is the most we've seen at, at high level. Um, but, I mean, when he, when she does that, like, apparently she's a pretty good counter to Rashid, or at least a good matchup to, to pull out. Yep. Um, and, it's, yeah. It's interesting that we both actually have her up pretty high. I've got her at 21st, just outside of this tier we're talking about here. Uh, and, I again, I, I think she's underrated. I think she's actually fundamentally a pretty decent character. She's just, again, like, why play a character that's that's 
she might be fundamentally solid, but she's very technical and hard to play. So why play her? You know, when there's so many other characters you could kind of go to that don't have these same drawbacks type thing. But again, it doesn't change the fact that she's still pretty decent, you know, kind of thing. It, it's it's she's a good character in some ways. So, you know, if, if you want to invest with her, like don't always believe like everyone's saying like, oh, she's complete trash type thing. Like you're seeing a lot of evidence otherwise. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, and then the other one I have in this tier is Blanca. Oh, wow. Blanca, I kind of, I don't, I'm not sure exactly where we're at numbers wise. Blanca is kind of like a smack dab in the middle of the, uh, of the tier list kind of character, mm-hmm. um, around there. He's not like people regard him as lower. Um, I played Alex Valle for quite a few sets with Blanca and what he comes down to is, uh, he's not amazing by any means, but in traditional Blanca fashion, he is a, a frustrating, um, uh, what is it like scuffle character, uh, where you're just going to get into it and he's going to do some stuff and he's probably going to hit you cause he's like crazy. And this is like usually with his V trigger activated. Um, but he just kind of gets in there and then pops that V trigger and then just is Blanca balling all over the place. And it's up to you to try to block. And a lot of times you don't. And then he, you know, does these like, you know, weird interactions and such and tries to get, to get you a lot of times he's not either going to get to that point or, or it's just not going to go in his favor. Um, but the fact that he can do that kind of still puts him above the low tiers that have a hard time in, in even more areas. He's very much just like, oh, I'm going to try to get in and do crazy stuff and hope for the best. But he can do that pretty effectively. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah I, uh, I'll i get into Blanca a little bit later. That gives you guys an idea of my filling on his tier rankings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, I feel like he's just too damn one-dimensional. And he has to rely too much on shenanigans. Haha, it's Blanca. But too much mm-hmm. on just like stuff that's not real enough. And that once people kind of download the matchup, they, they'll... They'll knock him down a few more pegs, but you know, could be wrong. But uh, but yeah, actually, let's uh, let's let's recap our, our top five here and kind of move on to the next one. Uh, who okay. do you have in this uh, group altogether? Okay, so in this in this group of five, this would be my fourth kind of tier down from the top. I have Laura, Ken, Zeku, Jury, and Blanca. All right, and for me, I've got a sixteen, and then moving on, I've got Ken, Chun Li, Laura, Zeku, and then Dalsim. Uh, Dalsim, I I, I did, didn't really talk about him. I did, I did want to add that. <sighs> I feel like he is a, of all things, I don't feel like he's a good defensive character in this. I actually feel like he's a character that can play a little bit of zoning, but pretty much has to go in. Uh, I think Filipino Champ is a phenomenal player, and I think he just gets bodied in tournament because he's playing too defensive too often. And I, I see people like Commander Jesse mix in some offense and do some other things like that. I really just, I feel like Dalsim is not a good character in this, and I, man, I, I just, I don't like him much, but he can do enough damage to kind of keep up. You're seeing uh, enough Dalsim players out there in tournament that are doing okay that the character I, I kind of have to put him in my top ton, 20, but he's not, he's kind of like a distant, like thing behind even Zeku. So he's, so yeah. yeah, he's, he's a, he's in like a space all his own. Like you can figure out street fighter five and the basic pace and everything of it, but then you also have to figure out Dalsim. Yeah. And so he's going to be a scrub killer. Like if you don't know what's up with, with the specifics of him, he's going to get away with a lot of stuff. Um, and, and, you know, like I, I actually, I guess I would, looking at this, I, I would put Dalsim above Blanca in, mm-hmm. in the tier list. So, and again, this is kind of like just generally. So maybe he's in this tier as well, but he's got so many issues and so many problems. Like he can definitely yes. dole out the damage. He definitely has like the shenanigans and the weirdness and such. Um, 
Yeah, Dalsum's uh, definitely a better character than Blanca. Okay. So I guess I guess he is up in this in this tier. So or you maybe Blanca. Wrong. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? I'll swap out. I'll swap out Blanca and put Dalsum in this, right. and I'll have him um, immediately below it in the next tier. But sounds like a plan. Um, but yeah, Dalsum is just a weird character. But he he often finds himself in really crappy situations, and sometimes just playing the guessing game with Dalsum will will be too much for him. Mm. So so yeah. All right, so moving on to our next tier. Um, at the very top here, I've got Jury. We already talked about her. Uh, a pretty darn underrated character. Again, it, there's a there's a very big difference, at least in my opinion, from being a bottom five, bottom six character in this game to being outside of that. Like, you can win some tournament matches. You can do some stuff with these characters that I'm about to talk about. But you've also got your work cut out for you kind of getting there. Um, and so I'll, I'll just kind of quickly run this down because I don't have a ton of stuff to say about these characters. But uh, at the very top, 21, I've got Jury. And I've got Nash, Falk, Sakura, Ed, Blanca, then Fong. And that like uh, that's that's kind of my cut there. And uh, people m- might be like, hey, why isn't Fong in your like, very bottom tier? I actually think Fong is a de- uh, a pretty decent character for how bad he is. <laughs> if that makes any sense at all, uh, you you see some people playing in tournament and like they're doing okay with them and they're working really hard to do that. And they have my utmost respect for being able to pull that off. Like I'm like wow, like I can't believe you're actually doing that with this character kind of thing. But it's also changed my mind that there's enough people out there playing the character and doing well with them. It's like he's got enough advantage matchups. Like you know uh, Abigail Zangief, um, people that have a tough time getting in they really don't like playing against fong players that are really good because they're slippery they're hard to get in on you can do some stuff with the character and you know then you've got people like blanca ed sakura falk i feel that are kind of fairly unexplored still at this time i i I don't quite know where to put them but the fact that we're not seeing them a lot i just i have a hard time putting them up above characters i know for sure are better uh or at least i feel are better because of tournament results and things like that and then in there i've kind of got nash i used to think nash was better than he was uh stinking bon chan it is all bon chan's fault that's why i think nash was better than he he probably is uh and it shows a lot of what a great competitor could do a bon chan is like oh, i love bon chan he's well, so well, awesome like, mm-hmm. nash gets to push buttons first in a lot of times you mm-hmm. know and and even if you if you do it at the same time things like the bazooka knee mm-hmm. and and like certain ranges like he can do um like the scythe and things like that and and it's like they cover great ground and and they'll have like priority over whatever it is you're doing and i think i feel the heat especially because nash controls the horizontal and nikali um also wants to do that but very much doesn't have the reach Mm -hmm. and so i think uh the like for where he is on the tier list nash actually does exceptionally well against nikali and so like i'm going to be skewed to think he's a you know a harder well he's a harder match for me um even then though like if you get in it's like well gg's nash like you're just going to get mauled um so so he's like he can control the horizontal space pretty well and he gets away with a lot of crap but the crap doesn't hurt that bad so it's like yeah i I also have him in this in this yeah this category i also have fong um he's fong is weird because he's got great reach and and great space control and he's wonky um he doesn't do a lot of ton of damage most of the time but he'll he's very annoying which is i think he's designed to be so the poison really isn't that huge of a factor but like if they turn it up anymore it might be too much of a factor so it's like one of those kind of situations where it's like i guess it's better that he's not that that it doesn't do as much damage as opposed to you know better too low than than too high um but yeah he's weird I, i i have him in this tier list too obviously we talked about blanca um, I have Ryu here, oh. uh, and and Ryu, it's like Ryu has a lot of different tools. You know, he's got the invincible reversal. He's got a fireball to control space with. His um, 
he's got okay reach with with weird moves like his sweep and then like you know forward fierce with the solar plexus and such uh if he knocks you down he can put pressure on you he's very vanilla um his tools aren't amazing he just has a lot of them and like they don't get him that far but like Ryu's never really in a position where he's completely counted out and he can play solid and do stuff it's just he's got to play solid for a long time and in street fighter 5 the longer that you have to like be flipping the coin the the worse the worse off you are so like he can't kill you that quick and so even if he does even if he guesses right four times you do it right on the fifth time against them and then like he's in trouble so let me throw this argument at you here for Ryu um mm-hmm. this is the most popular character in street fighter 5 right I mean, uh, online. Uh, is that what the pretty much say? universally? Like, I mean, he's a uh, played in like on Capcom stats and all that kind of stuff. Like, he's the most popular character on the franchise. Uh, I mean, he may not be the most he's played the character, boy. but yeah, he's uh, of all the characters. Like, you're, you expect to like oh, run into, recognizable, yeah, and such. I, recognizable, and then I mean, usually even played. If he's good, like usually you run into more Ryu players than anyone else. It's just he's really bad. Yeah, and I still see a handful online. Um, th- like I don't, I only run into Diamond and above. Like that's yeah. that's the oh, like yeah. characters that or players that I run into, and I still run into a handful handful of reuse like it's not weird to run into him so okay. um yeah he's still definitely decently popular all right and then all the players that were playing him in tournament have basically disappeared yeah like that to me like drops him in you know uh spoilers here uh my bottom four because i just like i look at the character and i go holy crap like everything about him he's got tools and they all suck and I just and I, I go and I go wow oh, well oh yeah no 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 he's got like you know he's got he's got the, his crouching medium buttons right those are good and it's like well guess what like those are worse than all the other characters like crouching medium buttons and I'm, I don't mean all of them but I mean the comparative like you know like wow it's like what was Capcom doing like this guy just doesn't have anything going for him at all it's like I, I want to do stuff and it's like okay well here's the watered down version of Street Fighter Five it's Ryu it's like everything he does sucks. Go ahead and play him. You know, kind of yeah, he, he, he plays yeah. the solid game without any real shenanigans. Yes. And like that doesn't work here. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, just for me, it's like, oh, man, I look at that poor character and I'm just like, dude, he's a shell of what he he should be. And, and I know Capcom's tried some stuff with him and just like it just hasn't worked. Um, but yeah. So uh, but anyway, why don't we go ahead and uh, recap your uh, this uh, almost bottom of the tier bracket here in terms yeah, of the like, out there. I, I really like I don't think. I don't have like a bottom three kind of like mm-hmm. like outcast tier. Um, I suppose Nash, Fong, Blanca, and um, gosh, maybe like uh, a lot of these guys are just like, and then there's the rest of them, you know, yeah. and they're all like, they all have their spots where they shine and stuff, but they're not going to get the job done. So it's like, for me, it's like a lot of these guys are just down here in the bottom. Like, gotcha. um, like Zangief is, is, has his very obvious weaknesses, but then like, if he gets you with an SPD mm-hmm. and makes some, some right reads, he's going to pull out some wins. He's got to guess right. Uh, not, not a ton of times, but like the way he guesses is usually not too much in his favor. So it's like, He'll win like maybe thirty percent of the time because he's playing the guessing game, right? right? And then like, yeah. So I don't, I don't know, but like, and then like Falk hasn't really been explored. She seems to have some defensive potential, mm-hmm. but like, meh. Sakura doesn't like. She's got decent like horizontal space control and a confirm with her standing light kick, and like she can get some kind of cool combos in there. But uh, again, a lot of characters do what she does better. Same thing with Ed. Like he's got some weird stuff, but like, meh. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah. So so a lot of it's like a lot of it's like I, I think Blanca's in the middle of there. Mm-hmm. Fong and 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 Nash are above everybody else here, and then like it's like kind of like rest. Gotcha. So you don't have like a definitive like these are the crap tier. Oh my god, what are you doing? Because I I haven't heard you mention like Vega or Alex or anything like that. I'm just kind of so curious. like Vega. Vega's got good reach and some decent mobility, but he's got to hit you too many times to to warrant that kind of a thing. Alex has, I think Alex has kind of good tools in in that he can he can obviously dole out damage. His V trigger is is okay. Um, like he can he can Alex can win matches, right? It's just like he can't consistently win because a lot of these characters have to like guess their way through, and their guesses are not in their favor enough to warrant them. Is is basically what it comes down to. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. yeah um, so I, I'll go ahead and recap my top four here, and we'll kind of wrap up. And I'll just say that uh, I've got Alex here at number 28. Uh, Majin Hand. He plays Alex almost exclusively. loves a character. Well, not exclusively. He plays Ibuki as well. But he plays Alex more than a sane human being should. Uh, and one of his infamous quotes about this character is that people think he's a lot better than he is until they play him and realize how disadvantaged a character is when you know exactly what he's trying to do. You know, and it's that's kind of the problem with Alex. He doesn't get in as easy. And people go, well, he's got the elbow. And it's like, yeah, but the elbow's really easy to counter, and he's got to spend meter and all that kind of stuff to make it, you know, a, a halfway decent in terms of a getting in tool and all that kind of stuff. Like, he actually could be spaced out pretty darn well, that he could be rushed down very well, and then a lot of his Oki setups actually leave him outside of Oki range. Like, uh, so he gets a, you know, SPD on you or a power bomb, and now he's outside of range to do much else, but like a standing heavy kick, which is unsafe. And he kind of has stuff like fall apart very quickly if you know what to look for. Now, and that's the problem with Alex is like, okay, well, where do you get that experience? It's like very hard to get that. So it's, I have him here very low because I, I, he's another character like Ryu who's very popular and just kind of people, like they want to play him and they they try to play him and just like they can't win with him. And it's like, ugh. So, so yeah. Yeah, these are all kind of like below the like Fong um Fong Nash and and Blanca, it's kind of like yeah, have fun, but you're probably not yeah. going to go anywhere. Yeah, if you're playing this character because you love this character for some reason, and I feel bad for you, pretty much. That's that's mm-hmm. really what it comes down to, unfortunately. Uh, so I used to be a Vega main back in uh, season one. Uh, they've completely just neutered the character. I don't know what you know the proper terminology here is, but yeah, that's pretty much what they did to him. Uh, he, uh, my goodness. He does his setups, and then he's outside of range to get the Oki that he used to get. Like, all of his normals got nerfed, and I just, I don't even know what they're doing with the character. People get really hyped up about him. He has tournament results, of all things. Like, that's the thing that's, like, a mind-bender to me. And then I go and I try to play him again, and I'm like, what is this? Like, what what is this? Like, I don't, I don't understand. You can shenanigan people to death. That's great. You know, I, I, but, uh, I, yeah. And then, so we've already been into Ryu, and then my, my final, very bottom tier character is Zangief. Um, I've said this before in the podcast, I'll say it again. I see Zangief players come up in ranked mode, and I literally feel very bad for them. (laughs) As a but not player, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, I I swear, uh, Majin Tenshinhan swears that there's no um, 8-2 matchups in the game, like they just don't exist. I, I, I think that's one of them. I, I, and it might even be, I, I just... I literally don't even know what Zangief is supposed to do at that point in time. And it's not just Banat. He has trouble getting in against a lot of characters on the cast, and then he can be rushed down once you you know get a knockdown on him. Uh, he's got the Oki going for him. He can SBDU, like, and he gets a series of reads, but he's like a way worse version of Armika. You know, and I just, I don't know 
what he does well besides that. It just he has to work so hard and make all the yeah, correct the reads. Yeah, the rewards are not worth it. I look at like how much Zangief has to try to like just whittle his way forward and stuff, and it's like, nah, that wouldn't yeah. be fun to that to me. It's like that wouldn't be fun to play. And even when you do finally get in, it's like it's like cool. Um, and then they get out, and it's like the worst thing in the world. So, yeah, it's pretty 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 uphill battle there. Yeah. So um, I, I wanted to, to switch gears just a little bit, kind of talk about tiers overall and just say that fighting games are, are special and that there's usually a viable tier that a lot of characters kind of fall into that you can actually compete even if, you know, you don't have a character that's high, is high up on the tier list. And we see that, you know, again, we're at E-League and are watching E-League and Smug takes Balrog, who's a character we have, you know, mostly in the mid tier. And he got second place with him, you know, and did very well with him. Um, Punk usually primarily plays Karen, uh, does very well with them. Birdie just won Capcom Cup. You know, these are all characters that are not in the top tier for uh, myself, and they're they're doing quite well. And and so you take these, these tier listings we talk about, and if you really love a character and you see that character being viable, go play them. You know, there's nothing wrong with playing, you know, uh, if they're in the viable tier, I was going to say Vega, like, there is something wrong with playing Vega. I'm sorry, don't play him unless you are a... Uh, really wanting to be punished you know kind of thing like i i just i hate my life i'm gonna play vega i'm good you know kind of thing like it's but if you aim for a character like a fong a blanca and ed a sakura falk like you might find something there that other people haven't seen like I, we both talked about them being kind of undiscovered characters at this point in time in terms of what they might offer to the scene and, and you're seeing enough results and enough things happen with them that it's like hey they might offer you something special you know and and that's the nice part i will say about street fighter 5 and give capcom a lot of props with is i think the viable-ish tier in this game is pretty damn big because it used to be where you would go to the mid-tier of the game and it's pretty much like a cutoff. It's like, don't even... I mean, if you're if you're incredible, go ahead and play these other characters, but pretty much, like, there's there's a top 15. Don't stray beyond that. And in this game, like, I'm looking at in front of me and I, I see, like, a top, like, 25, 27 range. That's pretty good, you know, and there, there might be a few stinkers in there that I'm not looking at, but I generally see a very strong kind of mid-viable tier that you can actually have fun with and do well in this game. Cool. All right. Well, then I think that's going to wrap us up for this week's Event Hubs podcast. Uh, Thank you guys so much. Again, uh, hit us with your comments, suggestions, all that good stuff, and uh, we'll see you next week. Yeah, tell us how big of idiots we are for placing uh, Blanca as far up on the tiers as we did and stuff like that, (laughs) because that's what we're looking forward to. (laughs) But we actually, you know, we read this stuff and we enjoy it, and it's it's fun to, you know, go back and forth, and it's it's how we learn, and, and yeah, it's we're fighting game community. It's what we do, so. I guess. We'll see you. See you then.